to Everybody A, Everybody Gay, Bottoms Fight Club Edition. Uh, tonight, a queer exploration of the film Bottoms. With your hosts, Speak Pirate, a.k.a. Joanna. I'm here, I'm queer, and I've never punched anybody. <laughs> Neither have I. And your other host, LCO123, a.k.a. Vina. Um, my my Lord and Savior, Mona Vanderwall, would love this movie, I think. <laughs> so <laughs> true. It definitely uh, it definitely exists in a world of hyper-adrenalized reality. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the movie Bottoms? What expectations did you have going in? Because yeah. Because overall description of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so first of all, I'll just say a little, um, a little, a little background. We had intended to record this podcast uh, more closely to when Bottoms actually came out, and then you know life happened. So we're a little bit, a little bit, you know, post the hype dying down, but that is okay. Um, we're still excited to talk about this movie because it was super, super fun. Uh, Bottoms is kind of a like satirical teen sex comedy romp. Um, a little bit book smart, a little bit bring it on, a little bit Heather's, a little bit super bad, a little bit Fight Club. Uh, it, it centers on these two characters, uh, PJ and Josie, who are lesbian best friends. And what they really want is for girls to want to kiss them. And they come up with this ridiculous plan that uh, the way that to get girls to want to kiss them is to start a fight club at their school. Uh, and chaos ensues. Uh, certainly more chaos than I expected. This movie went to some places that I really did not anticipate based on the trailers and what I had heard about it. Uh, it's really a, a movie. Uh, it, it's not like uh, you wouldn't call this like a heartfelt teen comedy. Exactly. It's a movie that like lives in a kind of absurd, very much hyper dreamalized kind of place. Uh, but it, it, there's a lot of good stuff in here about friendship, about being a young woman, being a young queer woman. Uh, and it's also just a funny, fun time. Uh, lots of really entertaining, supporting characters and lots of just, you know, funny situations that that they find themselves in. Yeah, I completely agree. I think we saw this because you you saw it and you really yeah. liked it. And so you yeah. kind of you recommended it. Um, and so we found a not crowded showing and went and had a great time. Uh, it's it's a very like I feel like it's a comedy that's very much like of this moment. Like there are at the beginning, especially scenes that like you almost have to like watch through your fingers because you're just cringing so hard. Yeah. Like, the secondhand embarrassment of like what the characters are going through. Mm -hmm. uh, but then it, it winds up being like, I mean, I, I belly laughed like several times oh, during yes. this movie because it's just, it, it's just really, really funny. It's a laugh out loud movie. Like truly. Mm -hmm. True. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what were your kind of um, maybe going in, what were your expectations and then what were your impressions after watching the movie? Um, you know, I really actually did not know that much about the movie. Like, Autostraddle had had a bunch of different, like, articles about it. So I, I, had, I had read, like, various headlines about uh, about the movie. Uh, and I was like, well, you know, maybe. And then you you liked it. And I was like, well, you know, okay, we'll, we'll check it out. Sure. Um, 
so I, I really didn't have any expectations going in. I think I, I think I had heard something about like a fight club, but I didn't really, I didn't know much. I, I really enjoy uh, the queerness of this movie. Like it, in that way, sort of like in the world of PLL where everyone seems kind of queer in this sure. movie, like there are just a ton of queer characters. Uh, you were talking about like this, you know, it, it's kind of in the tradition of these various other uh, teen movies and like, you know, like bring it on, like kind of a, kind of a gay movie that's not explicitly Absolutely. gay. Uh, yeah. Or Booksmart, where you have one queer main character. Or like, I would say it's in the vein of Blockers, where again, you have like one queer character who's like one yeah. of the you know, main three. But in this movie, we have the two main characters who are queer, and then Hazel, who's kind of like the, the secondary main character, also queer. Uh, we have like Isabel, who is queer. We have Stella Rebecca, who's like, there's just queerness all over this movie. Like I would, yeah. I would wager to say that there are more queer, queer characters or queer uh, appearing characters than, than straight main characters, I think, which is a nice change. Oh, absolutely. And it's not, it, it's veering away from like so many of the tropes that we're used to, right? Like this is very much not a coming out story. Right. It's not a story about the two main best friends, like realizing that they're in love with one another. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of um, a story that I think is like truer to a lot of people's experiences, which is that like, yeah, your relationships are a part of being queer, but even a bigger part is like your friendships and your community um, and sort of the like weird, you know, like the relationship between PJ and Hazel, like this weird sort of quasi competitive kind of sexual friendship antagonistic thing that they have. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that there's a lot of different dynamics between queer people and a lot more dynamics than just, you know, simple romance. Right. Yeah. And I, I enjoy that a lot. Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely agree. And I, I think that, um, like, having the movie, like, having a movie that has so many queer characters, like, the movie, like, it, it makes room for there to be, like, a, like, it, it can contain multitudes. Like, you don't have to have, like, you don't have to have like the queer romance. There's not just one. And it also doesn't have to be like perfect and idyllic necessarily. Like yeah. I, Josie and PJ are dirtbags. Like let's just, yes. let's yes. just put it out there. Like, you know, in a, in a world where like, you know, they're, they're not like Shane McCutcheon. They're not like dirtbags like that, but they're like, you know, uh, I, I would not say that they are like perfect feminists by a long shot. Like they're definitely about like, you know, objectifying women and wanting like, you know, to make out with like the hot girls, the cheerleaders, mm -hmm. etc. And I, I really find it kind of great that like we've come so far that like all of our protagonists do not have to be perfect. Like them being dirtbags makes the movie much funnier. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, you know, the line about like, you can't be a feminist. Your favorite TV show is Entourage. That's a great line. Um, yeah, I, no, I agree. It's, it's fun. It's, it's so much more interesting and so much more fun to have uh, queer characters, you know, like, they're a little like, they're a little hard to root for. This isn't like a straightforward 
um, <laughs> no pun intended, this isn't like, like this movie ends with like mass murder, essentially, um, which is a way that it really reminded me of Heather's where it's like, it's everything's, there's this like darkness to everything within the absurdity and in the humor. Um, and I, I think that that really sets it apart from um, most, not, I wouldn't just say queer movies, but like most just teen movies in general. Yeah, yeah. Well, it I, it does the thing where it trusts its audience. Like it just, it sure. trusts that you're gonna just go along for the ride. And that makes it, I think, really enjoyable. Yeah, and it lets it all be kind of messy and gross and horny. Like, these are some very horny kids. <laughs> um, and that, it's it's fun. It's It makes it, it makes for like a, it feels kind of more real in its absurdity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. So the, the plot of the movie, uh, it basically, like, you have our two, like, you know, kind of, queer dirtbag losers, uh, PJ and Josie, who are, uh, you know, they're, like, trying to figure out, like, how to make their senior year be, like, not like all their other high school years, etc. And Mm -hmm. uh, it, like, Josie has a crush. They both have crushes on cheerleaders. Josie has a crush on Isabel, and uh, PJ has a crush on Brittany. And... Mm -hmm. In order to like, so, so the first, I guess, the inciting incident is that Isabel has this like boyfriend who is just like the town hero, the quarterback of the football team, Jeff. And uh, Jeff, I love as a character. Uh, he he's basically a complete zero, but because he is a white guy, because he is you know traditionally conventionally attractive, uh, the town just like falls all over him. And I love the the inciting incident is that he and Isabel get in a big fight. Isabel jumps in Josie's car and uh, Jeff is like making a huge fuss. He's like yelling at her. He's like blocking the car so it can't move forward. He's like creating this, you know, he's creating this like loud and like, you know, kind of violent seeming scene. And then when Josie, like, inches forward two inches at, like, less than, like, a quarter mile per hour, it, like, she grazes his knee, and then he, like, falls, (laughs) he, like, falls backward, like, screaming in pain, and everyone, like, comes over, and just, he's, like, a martyr, and I feel like that, that is such a moment of, like, that's how, like, half of America works right now. Like, sure, they just, sure. Like, they just stand there, like, yelling offensive things all day long. And then when you're, like, I think that's kind of racist. They're, like, oh, no, like, you can't call me that. Yeah, they're, like, they're, yeah. like, a wicked witch when you throw water on her. So, yeah. Um, so I, I really love that. I love that with, like, Jeff being a metaphor. And then as the movie goes on, uh, like, they're called into, like, account for their actions to the principal's office. And through a series of, like, misunderstandings, uh, the word gets out that Josie and PJ are starting a fight club, which they then decide to actually do. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah. It's it's you know the classic misunderstanding is kind of the the catalyst for it all, and and the stories just get more and more outlandish that you know they were in juvie and they <laughs> did all these things and maybe they killed somebody and all of this stuff, all of this stuff. And it's I mean, what's funny is like the guy who plays Jeff is the guy who was um, the prince in. Red, white, and royal blue. And I actually enjoy his performance in this a lot more. He really gets to just kind of let loose. And I mean, the 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 fever pitch of like the the whole school, it becomes about not even just about the football team, but about Jeff. Everybody mm-hmm. just cares about Jeff. And they have sign, you know, signs all over the place with Jeff's face on it. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's great. It's so, it's so um kind of is the, like that heightened version of what that would be like right the the big popular guy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and i love also like you were talking about the posters of jeff that are everywhere the movie has so many like it it spends time on like the visual sight gags like posters in the hall that say like smile he could be watching you or like <laughs> you know, like jeff is allergic to pineapple and there's like a poster in the cafeteria that says like pineapple worse than drugs like you know, they they have a ton, uh, a ton of those things in the movie, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's all of, you know, the, the graffiti on the lockers and like all of that. It's it's great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so we have like two love stories that are playing out in the in the backdrop of the Fight Club. Uh, we have, of course, uh, Josie and Isabel. Uh, who I think at one point says that like, uh, what is it? Is it talking loudly and violence is one of her love languages? <laughs> talk, talking loudly and threatening someone with violence, maybe. Uh, so you know that's <laughs> that, that tells you a bit about her character. Uh, so they they have a thing going, and uh, then of course uh, PJ has been interested in Brittany. Uh, I love that we get one of those relationships that seems to work out and one that doesn't. And that also allows for like kind of the kind of the B plot of PJ Hazel. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, I think one of the things that's fun about this movie or just like feels very real about it is like sometimes the girl is straight. Right. And like sometimes that's the reality you have to deal with. I think to me probably the most fascinating character in this movie is Hazel. What would you say? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, I feel like in some ways Hazel is like, um, she's kind of like a reform school Paige McCullers. <laughs> oh, I could kind of see that. I could kind of see that. Like if like if some very different things happened with Paige, mm-hmm, you yeah, get Hazel. She's like, you know, she's like kind of the... Uh, more of like the queer every woman uh, who is like more pure of heart than, than the main characters. Uh, so in that way, she feels very page-like to me. She feels like the kind of character that, like, she's not the kind of character you necessarily expect to see in a movie because she's kind of, she doesn't really fit into a box exactly. Like she's, she's very, she's a little bit more like butch in her presentation. She's um, kind of scrappy and like eager to, eager to fight, but she's also 
sort of the nicest of anybody and the most sincere. Uh, And she also is the only character with a parent who's like really a character in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, What, what is your feeling about like the situation with Hazel's mom? Ooh, yeah, that is, uh, that is interesting. I like that you get the sense that this is actually a mom who like, cares about their daughter like yeah she she definitely doesn't have her act all the way together as you could say that you could say that well you know there's there's this whole like it's an archaic it looks like an archaic trope of like so jeff the football player who is a teenager we presume uh he sleeps with hazel's mom yeah and that is like one of those things where it's you know, it, it's not uncommon in teen movies, but I feel like at this point, like, there should be a better consensus that it's gross. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, don't don't love that piece of it at all, but the Hazel, the Hazel and her mom dynamic, I do like. Yeah, well, that was a thing I wanted to talk about, is, like, what, you know, this movie takes some really big swings. It goes in some mm-hmm. really big directions. What worked for you in terms of those big swings? What worked less for you? Ooh, I'm gonna say that I, I'm gonna say that the only one that I would say like really like janglingly didn't work was Hazel's mom sleeping with Jeff. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would I would agree with that. I think I I found the ending of this movie a little. It got a little too big for me Um, I I think I think absurdist movie like there's always that question of tone like where do you where do you play it sincere where do you like kind of play it satirical and I feel that um (laughs) the reveal that like oh we actually just like murdered a bunch of guys is like maybe just one level one notch up on the uh absurd meter for me but i i disagree i think it earned i think it earned that ending okay Uh, and i think that i i think that the movie uh like it very it, it it marches steadily uh towards like more and more and more fantastical um sure i i feel like when we get to when we get to the part where Hazel actually blows up Jeff's car, like at that point, <laughs> at, at that point, like you're like, oh my god, this is amazing! Like, so you know, it feels like it feels like from that point, like it's it's just wide open, like anything, uh, anything can and will happen. Well, I love the detail about the the pineapple juice. That they've, because there's a whole thing about how, it's pineapple juice, right? Mm -hmm. That Jeff's allergic to. And so they've like piped pineapple juice in, this other team that is trying to sabotage them has piped pineapple juice into the speaker, into the um, uh, sprinklers. Sprinklers, Yeah. And, 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 you know, this is another moment where like PJ and Hazel kiss and it's, I know we're jumping all over the place, but like, that's a really interesting moment, I think, because it's like, it's, it's a little bit. I mean, it's it's 
it's sort of a distraction and maybe there's like a moment of like being a little bit them being a little bit grossed out by it but then they're also kind of into it and it yeah they have a really fascinating dynamic like I want to know what happens to their relationship after the fact yeah well you know who hasn't like you know kissed their friend and then had to go murder a bunch of guys so you can't really <laughs> talk about it like that also feels very PLL. Honestly. That is. That's very <laughs> Wall. It's very Wall. Yeah. But yeah, I I thought that the ending. I I thought that the ending, uh, the movie had had earned it. Um, but one of the other things, like when we talk about, um, like the thing, like, you know, Jeff being like the the ultimate, uh, the ultimate. Like I think Hazel calls him a crybaby. Uh, but the ultimate, like, oh, no, I am the victim, uh, when he's, like, not at all the victim. Uh, there's also uh, a scene that, like, really sets up the way that, like, false equivalency works. Because uh, sure. Jeff's, Jeff's little buddy, uh, Tim, sets up a situation where Hazel, uh, he told Hazel that she was going to fight PJ, I think. And, and PJ and Hazel are, like, in a big dramatic like friendship argument at this time and so Mm -hmm. Hazel thinks she's gonna fight PJ but in fact Tim has like set her up to to fight this like uh it's a giant dude who is like a wrestler and he comes in in it like in a cage like like he's I I feel like it's basically like on Buffy when they like bring in like a vampire in a cage that's like like He's like, he's like a feral human, basically. Uh, and he's got like giant muscles. And and Tim sets it up like, well, if Hazel can, you know, if this one woman can't beat up this one man in this totally fair situation, yeah. then, you know, what, what can we tell you guys? And it actually doesn't even matter that Hazel like fights pretty well against him for like, a, a few like a few rounds and then he totally yeah. like he totally beats her up but uh it, i felt like that is like a really great example of the way that people try to create like they try to create false equivalencies like this is a completely rational experiment and everybody like everybody should yeah. just see it that way um yeah that's a great point like it, it's sort of it's it's like uh, that idea of sort of, um, you know, equity versus equality, right? Of like, right. well, we're just, just, we're all on the same playing field. It's all, you know, devil's advocate. Like, it's yes. like, well, no, we're not, we're not all starting <laughs> from the exact same starting place. No. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also just this thing, this real thread that goes through this is like, boys are always believed and beloved, uh. Uh, which I think is so true and and I think that this movie manages to do to like explore that in a way that's really funny and really um you know it doesn't feel preachy or like really it's it's sort of darkly funny more than it is depressing mm-hmm. which well, I appreciate. on on the Dear Prudence podcast back when he was doing Dear Prudence Danny Lavery one time uh said I want you to think about every time someone says, but he's a really nice guy and think about whether they mean he's a really nice guy 
or whether they mean he's a white guy, so we're giving him the benefit of the doubt. And I feel like in, in this movie, like, that's absolutely what it is. Like, Jeff, they, they get the benefit of the doubt. That's how it goes. Right, right. I mean, even the principal is obsessed with Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, do you think that this movie is heartfelt, and do you think that it needs to be? I don't think that this movie is particularly heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like I I feel like uh, there are there are some moments of it uh, that are like genuine that have genuine feeling behind them. And I feel like you, you know, like a a great comedy is going to have that, like a great comedy. It's not just going to have characters who are caricatures. Like we're not watching a cartoon. Like we're watching, like we're watching a movie about like a complex group of people. But one of the things that is actually like pretty affecting about this movie is the sense of community that they wind up getting from the fight club. And it's like, so Josie and uh, Josie and PJ have like created this. Their goal was to get to make out with hot girls, but like everybody who's in the fight club, like actually feels really empowered by the group and by the sense of connection that they develop to one another and by like, you know, becoming like deadly level fighters um so it's like it's one of those things where it's like fake it till you make it till you do like they yeah. went into it with bad intentions but they wound up creating something pretty great it's a little bit like school of rock mm. um in the sense of like the person who is creating the club um is going in with not great intentions but actually ends up empowering and inspiring the group to the point that they want to do it no matter what. It's the the initial reason almost doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, there's, you know, there's kind of, like, the pivotal moment when PJ and Josie are exposed as not having been to Juvie and not having killed a guy previously. They certainly will by the end of the movie. Yep. Um, but, <laughs> but, so, like, they're sort of disgraced. Uh, and then they, you know, they just started the club to make out with cheerleaders. And but then you see the way that the rest of the club still rallies around Hazel, like because she's all beaten up and they all take care of her and sit yeah. with her and like watch movies and stuff. And that's really nice because you you have gotten the sense throughout the rest of the film that these are like very disparate characters. Like you have Brittany and Isabel who are like very popular, they're cheerleaders, uh, Annie, who seems to be kind of more of like a nerdy character, Stella Rebecca, who is a car show model. Uh, you really have, you really mm-hmm. have like a lot of different people uh, who are, who are kind of coming, uh, coming into this from different angles. I, it's that's so funny the way she's like, I'm gay. Yeah. And Stella Rebecca is gay. I love that for her. It's an amazing moment. It really, <laughs> really is. Especially because like, that's that's during the part where they're just being cheerleaders. Uh, and I, I love that as like a, you know, like a moment that I wish had happened and bring it on. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and also, like, when we talk about, like, you know, I talked about, like, the false equivalency of, like, Jeff is the victim. 
there's also like when they're all talking about like why they want to be in the fight club and why they want to learn to fight like Stella Rebecca is like well I have this stalker and like it's it's like this whole story she's a car show model she has the stalker the police won't do anything unless he threatens to kill her or unless he tries to kill her but if he just threatens to kill her it's not that big of a deal and so like she has like actually like really serious reasons and like her serious yeah. reasons are like also based on like the like all of these reasons come down to the patriarchy uh, right? so I, I i like the fight at the end as being like a literal smashing of the patriarchy and the women being the ones who like save jeff and save the town absolutely absolutely yeah like they they really like they have to take them down and there's like you know there's a real ominousness to the way that the patriarchy functions in this movie oh 100 percent. yeah 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 and it all you know ending on the football field is so like classic teen movie as well <laughs> well yes yes it is uh, yeah, basically, you know, the the climax is like the, the rival school that they've had this rival with rivalry with for like a hundred years. They come there bent on murder, like they're gonna murder Jeff with pineapple juice. If that's not going to work, they're just going to like, you know, I, I think the rumor was that they always like grab, they always grab one kid from the opposing side and like kill them. Um, yeah, you know, so they, they, yeah, they come there with murder on their minds, and then it winds up being up to the fight club to save everybody. And I feel like um, that also kind of feeds into like, you know, how how do I want to put it? Not exactly like that there are no atheists in foxholes, but like more like when the chips are down, these football guys who have been very anti-woman and very anti this fight club, like when the chips are down, they have no problems like just letting the women take over and protect them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of like, Oh, all of these ideals about uh, being, you know, big and strong and the protectors don't really matter when your ass is on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another character that we have not talked about yet is uh, Marshawn Lynch as Mr. G. Uh, I, <laughs> I do you know the backstory of why he's in this movie? It's because his sister is queer, right? Yeah, his sister is queer, and he felt like he didn't have a great response when she initially came out to him. And so he's like done his damnedest to be a really great ally uh, in recent years. And um, yeah, I think he is a really delightful presence in this movie. You know, he's playing the sort of a lot of teen movies have this character, the, the character that's, um, you know, kind of the teacher who is a little bit more involved than perhaps maybe they should be or is like, you know, has their own personal problems that they're kind of trying to figure out or what have you. Um, but I, I enjoyed him a lot. What about you? Yeah, I loved him. I thought he was super funny. Uh, and And just like, he he went at it like he took that character very seriously and i feel like it worked so so well oh completely agree completely agree yeah so loved loved having him in the movie also i felt like the casting was fantastic and i also really like that with josie and isabel being kind of like the main love story uh that we have two women of color who are you know who who are kind of leading 
the romantic charge. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we haven't really talked about this, but the performances in this movie are fantastic. They're so, so fun. Yes, everyone, everyone is completely selling it. Yeah, everyone is bringing their A-game. I don't know how much improv was happening on this set, but <laughs> it's it's really interesting, too, because, like, this is... Have you seen Shiva Baby? Yes, I have. Okay, because this is a very different energy from Shiva Baby. Very different, yes. Um, a movie that I also really, really like. Um, but this is, like, a, a very, very different kind of energy, and so it's cool to recognize that this you know filmmaker can can really change up tone and style and and all of that yeah yeah tons of range yeah absolutely but yeah i i thought this was i thought this was like the perfect mix of humor and satire and sex comedy uh and hyper adrenalized reality camp Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and a great, like, summer movie, too. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Uh, also, shout out to the But I'm a Diner with the waitress who was wearing the prominent name tag of Natasha. I thought that was a really, really nice shout out to But I'm a Cheerleader, which is, like, also exists in this kind of, like, hyper-adrenalized uh-huh. camp world. Am I imagining it, or was there... Was there like a but I'm a cheerleader poster or something? There were like I feel like there was something else that was, um, I don't know. There was some there was some other like more direct reference as well. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, I think this movie it's cool because I think that this movie like understands that it's kind of in the pantheon of teen movies and particularly like teen you know queer teen movies and like queen queer teen sex comedies of which there are not that many um and you know it has the sort of like the last part of the movie is kind of the the one crazy night idea um yeah it's 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 really it's really fun well i I feel like it's really subversive too because like god the american pie movies made like how many of those movies are there it was like an entire franchise based on like horny teenage boys lol like, right. I, I love that this is like that type of movie, but instead of horny teenage boys, it's like, you know, it's like horny teen, uh, you know, horny teen lesbians um, yeah. and other queer women. So love, love that for them. Yeah. Yeah. Lesbians get to be, you know, uh, get to be dirtbags as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also, uh, one of, <laughs> one of the moments uh, that I really enjoyed uh, in the movie was uh, Josie winds up being the one who has to like pick Jeff up bodily and like brush him off the field in slow motion, like so that mm-hmm. he doesn't get pineappled. Uh, and then she like successfully she like successfully gets him out of harm's way, and it like they're briefly like kind of like laying like she's on top of him. And he kisses her, or he tries to kiss her, and she's just uh-huh. like, oh, no, buddy, no. Oh, yeah, I, no, I this love, is not what this is. <laughs> no, I, I love the way that takes, like, that trope and just, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no way, no way, yeah. no way. Yeah, I, I really, uh, I really, really enjoyed that. I liked the idea of, like, the handsome quarterback 
being completely turned down by like the disgusted uh the disgusted lesbian fighter yeah and i i loved that like the you know the the movie doesn't doesn't even consider the idea of like oh these <laughs> girls are going to be with men or anything like that or you know they're just very much like yeah no we're we're gay we've known we're gay for a long time like mm-hmm. it's fine yeah it's fine. yeah well, and the um like the ostensible uh straight identified character the self identified straight character of Brittany uh she winds up telling PJ that she's straight, but like, she is not like, she doesn't have a boyfriend. Like we don't see, like, we don't see any dudes that are like, you know, her, her guy hanging around. So I I like that, that like her sexuality is not like defined in terms of her relationship with some guy. Uh, and, And the same with Isabel, like, even though she's dating Jeff, she also dates Josie. Yeah, yeah. And the, the sort of the thing for Isabel, like she, it doesn't seem like she's having a crisis of sexuality so much as like, oh, just recognizing that there's a different kind of person that she could be interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, for example, someone who does not treat her as badly as Jeff does. Exactly. Like, oh, somebody could actually really like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like that even within those relationships, like, I don't know, I feel like we've seen the trope definitely of like the the lesbian who's just very sort of awestruck by the pretty girl and like there's definitely some of that but I also like that the like that they're teasing each other and that there's Mm -hmm. kind of I don't know there's a dynamic element to these relationships that I think is fun the whole bit at the beginning though about like you know like PJ just stammering through her conversation with Brittany (laughs) is very very funny (laughs) Yes, yes, I I really, I really like that. And also, I feel like, um, I I feel like there is uh, quite a bit of like the PLL social hierarchy, where similar to like, you know, Allison kind of uses Hannah as a punching bag a little bit. And then Hannah kind of wants to keep Mona around because like she she wants to have someone who's lower on the social ladder than she is I feel like that's kind of there in the dynamic between like PJ and Josie and Hazel when Hazel pops up like they're like we're losers but like this person is a bigger loser than we are but also Hazel totally doesn't care about that like Hazel is completely unfazed by like who's popular or who's not it seems like Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I also, I also like that, um, you know, there's, there's, oh, what was I going to say? I was just going to say something and I forget what it was. I, I, one of the things I know I was going to say is that I like that it's like takes place at like a carnival, that there's like a section because that feels very teen as well in a, in a very fun way. Um, uh, Oh, I know what I was going to say. In that early carnival scene, the <laughs> the monologue that Josie gives about, you know, the man that she's going to have to marry and they're both going to be gay and they're going to sing in the choir. And it, you know, it ends with her saying like, well, you'll come visit me on Sundays, won't you? Please tell me you'll come visit me on Sundays. Oh my God. It is so funny. There's some great little like mini monologues in this movie. There are, there are. And like... <laughs> I feel like the ones in the beginning where Josie like spins out her future are are some of the really funny like there's that one that you just talked about and then there's also um 
when she's like spinning out like she's not gonna talk to Isabel now but like in 20 years when all of these different things have happened (laughs) that's actually also very Buffy because there's a moment in Buffy when Xander talks about how like you know Angel is gonna have a big blood belly and then Xander's gonna come in on his (laughs) private plane and he'll take Buffy out for prime rib and she'll cry like and Willow's like you have thought about this way too much <laughs> I, I feel like this is like what Isabel like Josie and Isabel uh, she's creating this like elaborate scenario for like 20 years and then uh, PJ's like or you could just talk to her now and I, I love that because I feel like it's a very um, it's a very like human compulsion to be like well someday like not now but like you know next month or next year like at some point in the future i'm gonna do xyz i like you never really do it and uh i love i love that like there's this counterpoint of like well what if instead of in 20 years you did it now and then josie winds up doing it now and it works out yeah yeah i agree and then the fact that pj who is who is arguably more bold kind of goes for it and it doesn't really work out no but that's how it is sometimes yeah yeah that is how it is yeah and also like i do i do feel like pj and Brittany, they, they have some chemistry together i think they do they do there's definitely a vibe it just maybe is not a romantic vibe or maybe it's just not a romantic vibe yet mm-hmm. do you ship pj and uh hazel yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I will I will admit to having read like a couple of PJ Hazel books. <laughs> You'll put that out there. I will. I will. Yeah. There are some good ones. Yeah, I like I like the idea of them together as well. Yeah. yeah. I feel like cuz it's a it's a complicated dynamic. It's not like It is. I I feel like uh it's not a direct analogy and I hope that you will I hope that you will not like throw anything at me uh, for Uh-oh. suggesting it because I don't want to like besmirch a, a major ship of yours. But I feel like if you like Sterling and April, uh, this is also like a complex dynamic uh, sure. that, that could draw a person in. I mean, they're not Sterling and April, but no, no one is. <laughs> But I will agree with you. I think that there that idea of and I and I think that that's something that's very much like at the heart of this movie of like in a very queer experience of like, do I want to be her? Do I want to kill her? Do I want to kiss her? Do I want to do all three? You know, um, it's a tried and true queer experience. It's very much at the heart of like Mona Vanderwall and Alison De Laurentiis and April Stevens. And I think um, the characters in this movie, though, they get to be a little bit less tortured about it, which is nice. Yeah, and I like, like, when we talk about the, the climactic ending of they, like, slay the uh, opposing football team, leaving them all, like, dead. Some, one is, like, maybe decapitated on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so Josie gets the girl. Like, Josie and his fall are together at the end of the movie. Uh, PJ maybe gets Hazel, does not get Brittany. Uh, I like that there's not, like, it's not like, oh, Josie gets a happily ever after and PJ doesn't like sure it's like all of these things are equally good because the really important thing is that you just killed a bunch of your enemies uh and so yeah. I feel like I feel like that's nice like it's like Josie has a happy ending she's with Isabel 
uh, PJ has like, you know, it's not like she has like a sad ending because she didn't get the girl that she wanted. And like Stella Rebecca figures out that she's got, you know, like they all, I feel like they yeah. all have, uh, they all have an ending uh, that feels hopeful. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And it's funny when you were talking about, you know, maybe somebody was decapitated. It was making me think about how like, like, like a Quentin Tarantino movie, how like how so many of his movies, you know, will end in just these huge bloodbaths and how kind of remarkable it is to see a movie where the people perpetrating that violence are women and the director is a woman and it's kind of being like turned in on itself a little bit because it's like this type of storytelling that's been sort of reserved for like, well, this is this is this is men's storytelling. This is just men being men. Uh, it's it's a little bit interesting to turn that around and sort of see that reflected back. Well, yeah, and that you have like that you have uh, the character of Annie, the character of Isabel, and the character of Josie. Uh, who are all women of color who are like fighting against the largely white uh, opposing team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's pretty, it's interesting stuff. Yeah. And I, I feel like, uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where like, it has to be a comedy because I feel like it, it almost wouldn't, it almost wouldn't be allowed to happen in Italy, of course, in like a more serious film. Uh, but I love that, like, in this realm of like, you know, somewhat fantastical uh, events, that you you do get to see it play out here. Well, and like in a in a Quentin Tarantino movie, that kind of violence is allowed to play as comedy. So it's kind of cool to get it to be allowed to play as comedy in this situation. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything more you want to talk about about this movie? No, I think we've covered it, but I I super enjoyed it. I'm sure it's probably streaming now. I don't think it's necessarily in theaters anymore, but it was a hot, hot yeah. tip, uh, a hot tip to see it. If you liked Blockers, if you liked Booksmart, um, if you like PLL, I feel like this could be uh, this could be a fun movie for you. Oh, 100 percent. It also has uh, Punky Johnson is in it. Yes. Uh, in a role that's very fun um, as just sort of <laughs> this elder queer who is not, they don't really explain her relationship to anybody. She's just kind of there. Gay, gay Yoda. She was like the yes. babysitter of PJ and Josie back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's a really, uh, it's a, it's just a, it's a queer time at the theater. And it's, I think it's also like, it's kind of taking that idea of queer, not just, um, you know, as in gay, but also as in like odd, like there's yeah. a an oddness to this movie that I think is a lot of fun. Yeah, I completely agree. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, uh, we hope that you will go out and see Bottoms uh, or go home and see Bottoms as it may be. Um, and I'm used to I'm, I'm thinking about like Barbie, like when we talked about Barbie, we were, it was like still in theaters. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're looking forward to talking about more stuff as we weirdly get towards like the the holiday season. It's strange. Already. But- Already, life comes at you fast. It certainly does. We're, we're a, good luck, everybody. We're about to head into the month of endless November. Endless November. Hopefully, it will not be endless for all of us. 
Uh, but we hope that you have a uh, happy and healthy and safe Halloween. Uh, and, you know, if you want to uh, tell us what you're dressing up as, we would love to hear. Uh, you can, of course, send us an email at everybodyapodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our Instagram at Everybody A Podcast. You can check out our Spotify, Everybody A, Everybody Gay. You can leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would appreciate it. Um, yeah, fun to be back podcasting. We took a little kind of unexpected break, but it's it's great to be back. Yeah, yeah. Till next time, everybody. Take care. Take care.